As I preach, here's the invitation I want you to think about. Will you invite the Holy Spirit to transform your life into the image, into the character of Christ, and ask and invite the Holy Spirit of God to produce the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Are you willing, before this time is up, to say, God, I invite the Holy Spirit to do whatever He needs to do in my life so I will look like Jesus. In the month of May, we focus in on praying. If we're going to reach Volusia County for Christ, we got to be a, a church that just doesn't talk about praying, but we are praying. If we're going to be a church that's going to reach Volusia County for Christ, we have got to be a church that is built upon the Word of God. And we say, every Word of God matters. You're going to see in the text of Scripture that we're going to look at in Galatians 5, you're going to see every Word matters. If we're going to be a church that's going to have an impact on Volusia County, we have to be a church that walks in the Spirit that is led by the Spirit, that we live in the Spirit, and God, the Holy Spirit that is in us, produces the fruit of the Spirit in us. These are exciting days for us, First Baptist. Last Sunday morning, I said, there are moments in our life that we will never forget First Baptist family, last Sunday morning was a moment that we took another step to move to the new campus. We made a moment last week we will never forget when over 97%, over 90%, 97% of our church said, let's take a step of faith and let's build building number two. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about that. Why am I excited about that? Because that's our learning center. Why am I excited about it? We're going to have a nursery for our kids now. Hey, if you're the preacher, you would be glad that there's a nursery. I am so excited that we're going to have a children's worship area for our children to worship the Lord. I'm so excited. Hey, we're going to even have a kitchen in building number two to feed you. We're Baptist, aren't we? We like to eat. I'm so excited that over multiple hours that we've got enough space for all of us and a whole lot more to grow into the ministry of the people and life group. That was a big deal last week. But let me tell you what's ex happened on Wednesday night that was so exciting. 
Our students meet at the West Campus on Wednesday night as our students gathered. Uh, Jason asked our students that went to Guatemala to stand and share about what God did in Guatemala, uh, among Guatemala City, and what God did in their life. And do you remember when you were 14, 15, 16 years of age and you had to stand before somebody and speak? I mean, do you, does anybody get nervous before you speak in front of people? What, what do they say is probably one of the greatest fears of people is what? Public speaking, I mean, if I, if I just went out and I just started pulling you up and say, hey, will you come up here and sh- share your testimony? I mean, some of you would pass out before you got up here. So those students, uh, Lowell, they were nervous and they were scared to share about Guatemala. Jason said, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, just tell what happened. Well, our students, one by one, stood what happened in Guatemala at the end Jason gave an invitation, and I want you to know, as your pastor, I'm always going to give an invitation at everything. I'm just going to forewarn you. Get used to having an invitation, because aren't you grateful Christ invited you? So Jason gave the invitation after our students just talked about going to Guatemala, and praise the Lord, we had three more students except Christ Wednesday night. So, man, we celebrate that. Um, some of them, and by God's grace, man, we're trying to line them up so when we're at Sunsplash Park that we're going to baptize them the last Sunday in August. Hey, guys, when somebody gets baptized, we need to make a big deal about it because they're saying they're on God's team and they're following an act of obedience and what God calls important, we call important, and what God makes a big deal about, we make a big deal about what Christ celebrates, we celebrate. So we're going to celebrate as those students get baptized. But God's at work. Here's a question. Today, are you willing to invite the Holy Spirit to do whatever He needs to do so you will be transformed to look like Christ? Let me show it to you in your scripture. If you got your scriptures, go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse number 16. This is a Paul to Paul writing the church of Galatia. Man, the church of Galatia, God was using, but they had an issue come about. It was kind of like, and I, I, I love the example, it's kind of like they were flying an airplane of God's grace at 36,000 feet. And as they're flying the airplane of God's grace at 36,000 feet, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know what? Hey, we need to go back and live under the law. We need to go back and do the old things before. I mean, it's like flying in the airplane of God's grace at 36,000 feet and say, man, we're going to get off the airplane of God's grace, and we're going to jump out of this perfect airplane that's going great. It's God's grace field, and I'm going to jump out of the plane, and I'm, we're going to jump back into the law. I mean... And as a matter of fact, Galatians chapter 3 says, how foolish can you believe you're in the airplane of God's grace? Why do you ever want to go back to the law? I'm in agreement with that, aren't you? Aren't you grateful that we can be on the airplane of God's grace? But as we're on the airplane of God's grace, 
God's given us the Holy Spirit. So we looked at week number one. Look at it on the screen. Week number one, we asked this question, who is the Holy Spirit? And one of the things I warned you, whatever you do, never refer to the Holy Spirit as a what? It. The Holy Spirit of God is a person. The Holy Spirit of God has personality. The Holy Spirit of God is the promise that Jesus said was going to happen. The Holy Spirit of God is the very presence of God. Week number two, we asked this question. Why did God send the Holy Spirit? We looked at it out of Acts chapter 1. God sent the Holy Spirit so we will be witnesses and that we will do the work that God's called us to do. Week number three, last week we looked at, what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And we said this, it's not you getting more of the Holy Spirit, but it's the Holy Spirit getting more of you. If you want to be being filled by the Holy Spirit of God. You got all the Holy Spirit of God when you got saved. Now, being filled with the Spirit is the Holy Spirit of God getting more of you. Question number four, and we're going to end on this. What is the primary purpose of the Holy Spirit? Here's the key takeaway I want you to get today. And I've already said it three times. The Holy Spirit of God is given to us to transform us into the image and the character of Christ, and so we will produce fruit. The Holy Spirit of God is engaged, is active in your life and my life, so it will develop the character It will develop the image of Christ, and we will produce fruit in our life. That is the key takeaway that we want to learn. I think it was on the screen. Can y'all put it back up? Everybody's still riding real quick. What it is, the Holy Spirit reproduces Christ's character in us. When I think about the Holy Spirit... Aren't we blessed? We are blessed that the Holy Spirit of God convicts us of sin. We are blessed that the Holy Spirit of God is the comfort of our souls during difficult times. Aren't we grateful that the Holy Spirit of God is a blessing in building the body of Christ? Aren't we grateful that the Holy Spirit of God is not partially engaged in our life, but the Holy Spirit of God is fully engaged in your life? Have you ever been in a conversation with somebody and as you're in the conversation with them, all of a sudden they start looking in another direction, they look over you? When you're in a conversation with somebody and they start looking over you and they start looking this way and that way, what are they telling you? You're boring me, I'm disinterested, I'm ready for this conversation to be over and I really don't care about you at the moment. How many of y'all have ever done that to somebody? Oh, come on, we all have. How 
How many of y'all have ever had somebody do that to you? I mean, you're pouring your heart out, you're sharing your heart out, and they're, do, 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 do. they're all, they're all, and you just want to say, please listen to me. My heart is breaking. I mean, my life is difficult. Listen to me. Don't look at them. I need you at the moment. I got some great news. The Holy Spirit of God is fully engaged in you and is not partially engaged in you. The Holy Spirit of God is engaged in your circumstances. The Holy Spirit of God is engaged in the emotions that you're dealing with at the moment. The Holy Spirit of God is engaged in your strengths at the moment. The Holy Spirit of God is engaged in your weaknesses at the moment. Can I tell you, I've got a witness to tell you, the Holy Spirit of God is always interested in you. You, as a Christ follower, will never have a moment that you're only getting partial attention from the Holy Spirit. You you serve a God whose eyes are locked on you. You serve a God who's gifted you with the Holy Spirit. Here's what I've learned. I have a hard time Trusting people when I think they don't have my best interest in mind. Let me make that statement. I want you to get this. I have a hard time trusting people when I don't think they have my best interest in mind. Is anybody like that in the ring? You can trust the work of the Holy Spirit in your life because it has your best interest in mind, and that is to develop you into the person and the image and the character of Christ. So when you woke up, the Holy Spirit is engaged in you. When you go to bed tonight, the Holy Spirit of God is always fully engaged in your life. The Holy Spirit's never going to say, hey, I'm a little tired at the moment. The Holy Spirit's never going to say, well, I'm dealing with an earthquake halfway around the world. The Holy Spirit's not going to say, oh, I'm dealing with that pastor at First Baptist at the moment. I can't help you. The Holy Spirit is always engaged in your life. The Holy Spirit of God wants the full potential of God to happen in your life. So what do we do? Let me show you what we do. Galatians chapter 5, we're going to begin in verse 16. How does the Holy Spirit of God work in our life to transform us? So here's a question I want to ask. Here's a question of the day. Are you looking more like Jesus every day and less like the world? Are you looking more like Jesus every day and less like the world? 
When we are filled with the Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God is engaged in us. We're engaged with the Holy Spirit. Every single day, we're going to look less like the world, and we're going to look more like Jesus. The question of the day is either yes or no. So yes, I'm looking more like Jesus, or no, I am not. So how do we look more like Jesus? Well, here we go. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Incredible text of Scripture. I say then, here we go. I say then, walk in the Spirit. Write this down. Number one, write this down for the day. Walk in the Spirit. You might say, Pastor Eric, I, I don't understand that. I can't get any handles on that. What does that mean to walk in the Spirit? Here is my definition of walking in the Spirit. Moment by moment, living in total dependency on Christ and living with a sensitive spirit to the Lord. If you're asking me, Pastor, what does it mean when it says, I say then, walk in the Spirit? Here's what I say. Moment by moment, step by step, I am living in total dependency upon Christ. And moment by moment, I'm living sensitively to the Holy Spirit in me. Look what it goes on to say. I walk in the Spirit. As a matter of fact, between verses 16 and verse number 26, the Spirit is used seven different times. As a matter of fact, when you read this passage of Scripture, it tells us that there is a civil war going on. We thought the Civil War was bad in America between the North and the South. We thought it was a bad Civil War watching the Avengers as they went after each other. We thought it was a bad Civil War that's happening in countries today. But the worst Civil War that's ever happened is taking place in your life between the Spirit and the flesh. I don't know about you, but how many of you feel like you're at war with your flesh every moment? One guy said, man, when I got baptized, I thought I just baptized and drowned that old flesh of mine, but I realized it just keeps coming back. I want you to hear this in verse 16. This is free. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and when you walk in the Spirit, moment by moment, in total dependence upon Christ, and sensitive to the Holy Spirit leading what does it tell us the immediate results are? The immediate results of walking in the Spirit. Hey, you're going to know if you're supposed to buy the red car or the blue car. When you're walking in the Spirit, you're going to immediately know, I'm to take this job, I'm not to take this job. When you're walking in the Spirit, you're going to immediately know, hey, I'm to buy this house, I'm not to buy this house. When you're walking in the Spirit of God, you know, What's the results? I say then, walk in the Spirit, and what is the immediate results? What does it say? 
And ye shall not what? Fulfill the lust of the flesh. So men, how do you deal with the problem of lust? We know it says over and over again that 50% of the men that attend church every week look at pornography every week. We know one of the greatest issues that the Church of America has, ladies, is your gossip. One of the issues in the Church of America that we know, we have churches that are stingy in their giving. How do we deal with it? Walk in the Spirit. I mean, look at this verse. What is the promise? I say then, walk in the Spirit and you will do what? You will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I, I was listening about a book that says, and kill the spider. Anybody like spiders in here? I, tell you, I will tell you, Amy's sitting on the front row. She hates all insects. They scare her to death. The other day, we had something flying around in our house. I mean, I, I thought a hurricane was about to hit our house. Help her! Help! Now, 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 now! I'm coming and go, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong, dear? What do I need to do? You know, we got to be the man of strength and charming. And, you know, we want to take care of those things. You know, we're men. There's a bug! I said, honey, we live in Florida. They're everywhere. <laughs> Get used to them. Of course, man, what do I do, though? I'm going to be the good husband. <laughs> I kill that sucker. Some of you have been so eaten alive by a pet sin for so long. Here's what we do. We try to deal with the cobwebs that that sin makes and the circumstances around it. To deal with it, you've got to kill the root of it. Men, how do you kill the issue with lust? You've got to kill the spider. And how do you kill the spider? Live Moment by moment and total dependence upon Christ and sensitive to the Spirit of the Holy Spirit. Ladies, how do you deal with the issue of gossip? Just not saying ladies gossip, but uh, last time I checked, ladies use a lot more words in a day than the average man. Do I get an amen? How do you deal with it? Walk in the Spirit. How do you walk in the Spirit? Well, the Scripture is going to tell us, look at verse number 18. You walk in the Spirit by being led in the Spirit. Let's read it in verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, Every word matters in God's Word. How do we walk in the Spirit moment by moment? We walk in the Spirit moment by moment because the Spirit leads us. Does anybody's translation, and I want you to get this, does anybody's translation tell us 
If you are directed by the Spirit, does anybody's text say that you are directed by the Spirit? It says we are led by the Spirit. There's a difference between being directed and being led. When you're directing, there's that guy that is sitting there in an air traffic controller, and he is directing that pilot what to do. They are directing. Or when you go, and that police officer is there in the middle of the intersection, and they are directing you which way to go and how you're supposed to turn. Stop, do this, don't do that. The Holy Spirit of God It's not that he's directing us. The Holy Spirit of God is leading us, and the Holy Spirit of God is leading us in a personal way. Let me illustrate it like this way. You know, God's blessed us and with all of our facilities, but I I don't know about you, but my first four or five weeks being in this building, I had to leave breadcrumbs where I went because I could never find my way back. I would find mysterious, I mean, another stairway case. I I would turn a corner and go, okay, where am I? I I will never be found. (laughs) Finally, one day I said, Linda, you got to take me around. I just keep getting lost in the building. So, Linda, my administrative assistant, she did not direct me around the buildings. She led me. What does that mean? When she led me, she was with me. When she led me, there was a comfort because when I go down the hallway, she just gave me directions, I'm going to get lost. When she led, I knew, she knew the emotions I was having at the moment. When she led me, she knew the circumstance at the moment. I've got some good news. The Holy Spirit of God is just not about directing you and whistling at you and doing all this kind of stuff. The Holy Spirit of God lives inside of you and is leading you moment by moment, second by second. So what does it mean that we walk in the Spirit? He says, and to be led by the Spirit. Aren't you grateful that God Almighty lives inside of you and He is leading you step by step? Aren't you grateful He's personal? So here's the invitation. Will you invite the Holy Spirit to do whatever He needs to that you will look more like Christ? That's... Made me an easy prayer this out loud, but that's a different prayer to pray the Lord. Walk in the Spirit. Look at verse number 25. Number one, walk in the Spirit. How do we walk? He leads us. Number two, write this down. We live in the Spirit. We walk in the Spirit by being led in the Spirit. We live in the Spirit. Let's read it and let's talk about it. And if we live in the Spirit, 
Let us also walk in the Spirit. In this text of Scripture, that word walk is a different Greek word than the first time in verse 16, walk. That means, that walk means that when you live in the Spirit, then you are keeping in step with the Spirit. Or that word means to be in line with or agree with. So when you're living in the Spirit, you are keeping in step with the Spirit. You're in line with the Spirit. You're agreeing in the Spirit. The question is this, how do we live in the Spirit? In order to live in the Spirit, we have to think in the Spirit. Let me state this again. I don't want to be too repetitive. I want you to get this. In order for us to live in the Spirit, we've got to think in the Spirit. Let me show it to you in the text of Scripture. Go to Romans chapter 8. Go to Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to read two verses of Scripture. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and verse 6. Because our thinking is either going to be fleshly thinking, or I think he's going to be spiritual. But if we're going to walk in the Spirit, that means we're going to be led in the Spirit that is personal. If we are going to keep moving, looking like Christ, we got to live in the Spirit. In order to live in the Spirit, we got to think in the Spirit. We will never live in the Spirit. We will never live in the full potential that God has for us as long as we are thinking in the flesh. We cannot think in the flesh and live in the Spirit. Let me show it to you in this text of Scripture. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So First Baptist family, you can answer this back to me. If we are going to live in the Spirit, then what must we think about? The Spirit. We cannot live in the Spirit and think about carnal, fleshly things. Carnal-minded means that we are thinking other of something other than God first. That's why the Scripture in 2 Corinthians tells us that we have to bring every single fall into captivity. So let me ask a question. Did any of y'all have a wrong thought last week? I mean, if I could put the worst thought that you thought all week and put it on the screen, what, how would you act right now? Would you be hiding underneath that pew? If we're going to live in the Spirit, we've got to think in the Spirit. I want you to get this. Do not miss this. When we think in the Spirit, then we make right decisions, and when we make right decisions, we are living in the blessings of God. When we are fleshly thinking, we make wrong decisions, and when we make wrong decisions, we live devastating consequences because we were thinking in the flesh and not in the spirit. Look what it tells us in the next verse. 
Verse number six, if we are fleshly thinking what it leads to, if we are spiritually thinking what it leads to. For to be carnally minded is death. When we think on the flesh, destruction. Verse 6, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. How many of you would agree with me? Man, I want to experience life and I want to experience peace. There is nothing like having the peace of God rest upon you. And there's nothing more miserable than living without peace. If you want life and peace, live in the Spirit, and you live in the Spirit by spiritually thinking. Number one, here we go. You got it? Number one, we walk in the Spirit because we're led in the Spirit. Number two, we live in the Spirit, and we live in the Spirit by spiritual thinking. Third word, and I'm done. When we walk in the Spirit, we live in the Spirit. Guess what God produces? Fruit. Uh, I, you know what I like about fruit? This is a peach. I, I, I married a Georgia peach, so I, I mean, you, you can see it. You can taste it. I brought my favorite type of apples. I like Fuji apples. You know what I like? I don't like when I bite into an apple, I don't like a soft, mushy apple. Do y'all? I mean, when I, I bite into it, I like the juice running down my cheeks. I, I like the crispness. I'm I it so crisp. Or an orange. Isn't it great when you open up an orange and that juice starts jumping out at you and your hands are all sticky? You put that orange in your mouth and your taste buds just say, thank you so much for the orange. I want you to get this. We can't produce the fruit. The Holy Spirit produces it in us. We can't say, look at these nine grace things of the fruit of the Spirit. There's nine in this list. We can, I'm going to produce this. You can't do it. Only as you walk, only as you're led, only as you live in the Spirit, when you do that, I've got some great news. The Holy Spirit of God that's not partially interesting in you. The Holy Spirit of God is fully engaged in you. He wants and desires to produce this fruit in you. As a matter of fact, look at this list. Go back to Galatians chapter 5 and look at verse 22. There's a list of nine of these. And, and let me tell you, this list of nine is for every one of us. We are all spiritually gifted differently. We all are not spiritually gifted the same. We're not talking about spiritual giftedness. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. It is fruit. It is one together as we're living, being led, as we're walking in the Spirit. 
the Holy Spirit produces these nine gifts of grace in all of us. These nine are really split up in three different categories, right? These first three. The first category is, is our expression with God, is our relationship with God. Look what the text of Scripture says in Galatians chapter 5. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. That love and joy and peace, that is dealing with our relationship with Almighty God, that the agape love, the peace that God gives us. The second three, the second three deals with our relationship with each other. Love, joy, peace with our relationship with God. The second three of these nine, let's read them. It said, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Look at the next three. Long-suffering, kindness, and goodness. The fruit, the Holy Spirit of God produces in us that we are long-suffering. That means that we are not short-tempered with a person who gets on our nerves. We're long-suffering with people. Not only long-suffering, look at the next word, that we are kind. Have you ever met a rude Christian? Can I tell you, you just, when a Christian is rude, they just stink spiritually. I mean, it just reeks when you're around a rude Christian. A fruit of walking the Spirit is not rudeness, but kindness. Look at the third one, goodness that we want, that really the core word of that word, goodness, is generosity, that we want to give out goodness. So the first three, love, joy, peace, our relationship with God. The next three, with other people. The last three is with ourselves. Look at these last three. And it's dealing with our self. Faithfulness. When I say something, my word means something. That we're faithful. That we are gentle. And self-control. I got some great news. You don't have to produce these. When you're walking in the Spirit, you're being led in the Spirit, you're living in the Spirit by spiritual thinking, guess what? The Holy Spirit produces them in you. You don't have to go out, man, I got to start producing these things. I got to start. You can't. So I have a question. Are you willing in the invitation in just a moment to pray this prayer? Lord, may the Holy Spirit do whatever it needs to do in my life so I will be transformed to the image of Christ and Christ you will produce fruit in me. Are we willing to look at it and say, God, 
Am I looking more like Christ and like the world every day? But I want you to remind you, the Holy Spirit has what's best for you. And you can trust the work of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for this word in Galatians 5. That, Lord, that you want us to walk and be led in the Spirit. Lord, you want us to live in the Spirit. That means you want us to think spiritually. And Lord, your Holy Spirit will produce an abundance amount of fruit. Lord, this day across this room and everybody watching online, God, I pray that we will be willing to make the commitment. Oh, Holy Spirit, I'm inviting you to do whatever you need to do to transform me into the image of Christ and to produce the fruit of your spirit in me. Lord, we know the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to move us in a closer relationship with you. Lord, I just want to thank you, Lord, that the Holy Spirit of God is fully engaged. Thank you, Lord, that the Holy Spirit of God never gives up on us. So, Lord, we invite your Holy Spirit to do whatever it needs to be done in our life to look like you. 